1: And welcome back everybody to another edition of MLB DFS Quickets, your Monday, August 28th edition. Hope everybody had a good weekend, if you're in Houston area, stayed safe, West Coast, it's hot, it's ridiculously hot, my boy Yance down there in Florida, man, wet down there too, it's crazy, crazy stuff going on, hope everybody had a good weekend though, maybe got to relax a little bit. We have a 10-game Monday slate to attack. It's a weird one because there's some top-heavy pitching that would usually be all over, but the matchups aren't as ideal as they usually are. You have Coors in play, so you're going to want to save money, but the punts are horrific, so you're going to have to really just pucker up and, you know, grin and bear it, as they say. So let's just get into it. Your weather gets a wind blowing in in Miami and Washington from right center field, Atlanta Philly from right center about 30 to 40% percent chance of thunderstorms in the Pirates Cubs game in Wrigley. Keep an eye on all of that. For the most part, everything else should be okay. A little humid in Kansas City as the game goes on. But nothing too crazy there. Let's take a look at your totals on the slate. You have Braves, Phillies, 8.5. Indians, Yankees, 7.5. Marlins, Nationals, 8. Mariners, Orioles, 11. Red Sox, Jays, eight and a half. We're waiting on the Pirates, Cubs total because of the weather. Rays, Royals, 10. Tigers, Rockies, and Coors, 12 and a half. A's, Angels, nine and a half. The Giants and the Padres, seven and a half. So as you can see, some really decent totals, some really ridiculously high totals. So it's all about mixing and matching, but you have to find ways to afford those expensive bats. That's not always the easy part. Starting off with your pitching up top. The man comes back to the mound, Mad Max Scherzer, with the hefty hefty price tag of $14,100 at home against the Miami Marlins. We all know how good Max is. It's just a matter of how well is he going to be, how well is the neck, as we've seen issues there. Uh, Against Miami, seven innings, five hits, two earned, nine Ks last time he faced him for 25.6 points. He's done very, very well against the Marlins this season. Uh, that might be his lowest output against them in a game. He actually pitched completely. He dominates right-handed pitching. They're going to have five, six righties in their lineup. He uh, strikes out righties to a tune of 44.6% this season, which is just ridiculous. And the right-handed batter is only about $1. twenty-five against him. Now, if anything bad is going to happen against a righty, Giancarlo probably takes him deep just because that's what he does. Other than that, not too scared. There is a phenomenal matchup for Max Scherzer. It's just a... Is he really completely healthy? Which I think they, he, he is because he's been pushed back. He's supposed to come back Friday. They moved him back to today to get him 100% ready. So I'm hoping that's a good sign. Secondly, it's very, very expensive. You're going to have to mix a match with something really bad. So to pick your poison. But Mad Max isn't a great matchup. Hard to fade him there. Next up, you got Kluber versus Serino, Severino in Yankee Stadium. Kluber's 13-1, Severino 11-5. Both have been phenomenal pitchers. Kluber, he faced the Yankees very recently. Uh, I believe it was very recently. Yeah, nine innings, three hits, one earned, eleven Ks for 44.4 points. He has been a machine. He's basically 24 or more points in his last like 10 starts for the most part. Lots of 40s in there, three or four 40 pluses in there. He's a strikeout machine, like I said. The Yankees just don't strike out a ton. They're all, they are up to 22.1% versus righties, which is actually very high for the Yankees. And you got the Klubot, who I mentioned, is just a monster. He's second best on the barrel fifth the last 30 days, striking out 35.33% of the batters he's facing. It's The biggest part is you're facing the Yankees in the Yankee Stadium. But they have a 3.77 total. Lefties 274, righties 254. If you're going to pay up... I don't mind Kluber at all. Just know the risk is there. He's given up a home run in eight straight starts. So keep that in mind. But he's still in those eight straight starts, still 24 or more points, a bunch of 40s in there. It's not the end of the world. Now, Severino, on the other hand, at 11 yeah, 5 at home in that matchup, A, he's been better on the road than at home, which you'd kind of expect. Uh, an ERA at four one four at home compared to 2 3 2 on the road. He's faced the Yankees once this year 6 and 2 3 2 hits, 1 or 9 Ks. For 33.2 points. He's been very, very good as well. But his last home, he put up 28 on the road, 32 on the road, 33 on the road. In between there, he had one home start against Boston, minus 4.3. But then his home starts prior to that, Detroit 24-5, Cincy 34-8, Milwaukee 24-4. So take it all with a grain of salt. It is just a very good Cleveland team that doesn't strike out much at all. They strike out less than 20% of the time versus right-handed pitching. Uh, Severino's got an over 28% K rate, swinging strike rate, which is good enough to help strike out teams that don't strike out a lot. As you saw, he did have success against them before. He has a 50.5% ground ball rate, which is very, very nice. Cleveland's team total is 3.73. Lefties 298, righty's 297. I'm not saying don't use Severino by any means. He's quite the discount on Scherzer and Kluber. Just Klu- Kluber's likely in the better spot in this matchup. They're both... They're both phenomenal pitchers in a tough ballpark against tough matchups. So, it just, the gamble's higher than normal for what you'd use with these guys. Now we go to Aaron Nola at 10200 bucks. Our boy, Aaron Nola, who has been just great. He's uh, He got beat up his last time out against Miami. And then prior to that, at SF, two very, very rocky starts in a row. One at home against Miami. One at the Giants, but prior to that, just lights out. 20-plus points, 30-plus points. Majority of his starts, he's been much, much better at home this year, averaging 23.5 points. He faced Atlanta earlier this year, 8 innings, 5 hits, 1 earned, 6 Ks for 28.4 points. We know the Braves' offense isn't too much to to get scared about. They do have the likes of, you know, Freeman. They do strike out less than 20% of the time, though. He he got those 6 Ks and 8 innings pitch, which was nice but not a big K team. He strikes out over 25% that he faces with a ground ball rate around 49%, which is very, very nice. Braves have a 393 team total. Lefties 304, righties 292. I think he'll be the lowest owned. Actually, I I don't know. I'll never know until I see it. I'm very positive that he will be the lowest owned in this slate unless people get crazy and say, nope, I'm not paying up, but I still want a high-priced guy. He's the contrarian play up here, basically. The ballpark's tough. He's had two bad starts, but he's still a very, very good pitcher. If he has another bad start, well, then we got stuff to work on, but he's made so many adjustments in his game. There's a lot to like about Aaron Nola, so I'll be definitely keeping an eye on him. The way I rank the four guys up top, if you can afford it, Mad Max is by far the best. Then it goes to Kluber 2 for me, Nola 3, Severino 4, but if you want be uber contrarian, Nola's your number one. And then Scherzer's, too, because that price tag alone will make him contrarian, especially with Coors Field in play. People won't go there. But Scherzer is by far the best option tonight. But don't sleep on Nola. And that Cleaver severino matchup is very, very tricky, but I could easily see a one nothing game. I could easily see one of those stupid 6-5 to games where they grind for, like, 7 innings and give up 4 or 5 runs each, and the bullpen gives it up late, so they only get you, like, 18 to 20 points. There's a lot of ways to see that game play out. So there's your uptight pricing. We go below 10 k and I kick it off with Jeff Samarja at $9,000. I know Jeff's a headache. We talk about this every time he comes to the mound. And he got beat up a bit the last time he faced San Diego. If I can find this game log. He faced them on July 21st at home. Four and a third, eight hits, five earned. 3Ks for .4 points. But outside of that... Double-digit monster. He actually got beat up at San Diego prior to that. So the two start recent starts for San Diego, not good. He's just had his rough spots with them. But the strikeouts are tremendous. He's a much better pitcher on the road than at home, averaging over 17 points. You got uh, a San Diego team that strikes out over 25% of the time, which is the best on the slate. It's a great matchup for Smarjee, even if he gives up a few runs. The uh, K rate's over 24% for Jeff. Doesn't walk anybody. Decent ground ball rate, low hard contact. The list goes on and on. Padres, fifth lowest total on the board at 378. Lefties, 339. Righties, 282. So you're worrying about like Solarte, Asuyahe, Spangenberg. It's the only ones that really come to mind. That's the only lefties that really stand out to me, unless I, I'm probably missing something. But that's your major damage. Maybe the Hector Sanchez catches. Now, those guys can do damage. The Padres, as they've, you've seen, have done damage against Jeff Samarja. But for $9,000, he can give up a few runs, get a bunch of strikeouts. He goes deep in games. That's one thing you love about him. So if you don't want to pay up at all, you can start up there. Or you can start with the next guy, Drew Pomeranz at $8,800 on the road against the Toronto Blue Jays. Pomeranz has been sneaky good of late, uh, averaging 19 points his last 10. Coming off a 29.8-point performance at the Cleveland Indians. Went five and a third, two hits. He had four walks, but nine Ks. His strikeouts have been improving a lot lately. Uh, When you look at his last matchup versus Toronto, at home, six and two-thirds, three hits, one run, none earned. And he had the three strikeouts to five walks, 20.2 points at Toronto, Six innings, five hits, one earned, two walks, three Ks for 17.3. So he's faced him twice this year, averaging 18.8 points. 8800 bucks on the road. A lot of people will be scared off by this Toronto versus a lefty, and I don't blame you if you want to put lefty bats out there. Toronto strikes out 21.4% of the time versus lefties. Pomeranz K rate's up to 25%, 10.6% swinging strike rate, low hard contact, low ground ball. If you get into it since July 19th, only two pitchers have a 1.8 ERA or better and a 23.5% strikeout rate that's James Paxton and Drew Pomeranz so it's it's risky because the Blue Jays have a 320 woba and a 166 iso against left-handed pitching but the strikeouts will be there and Pomeranz has shown the ability to give up a few runs even early in games and stay strong so Toronto's 4.34 totals on the lower half of the slate. Lefty's 326, righties 285. So it's even reverse splits. It's good. It, it's an interesting matchup with Pomeranz. No problem using him at 8,800 bucks on a night where you need to save money to get the bats if you're not going bananas on the pitching up top. So in the middle here, I got some marginal one, scene two. Now we dip below 8K for a handful of guys that I'm going to target. A few more I'll mention. Julius Chassin at 7,600 at home against the San Francisco Giants. We've mentioned how well Chassin pitches at home. Averages 18.5 points per game at home. He's faced the Giants this year. Averaging 14.3 points a game in his four starts. But uh, his last one at SF, 18.5. He struggled at home against the Giants, surprisingly. He's coming off an injury. Making his start. When you look at Chassin... He's facing a Giants team that is second worst in baseball in WRC plus for right-handed pitchers. Um, In his last three times he's faced them, five, four, and four strikeouts each start, which is very, very nice. Gets you a sweet, sweet, seventy-six hundred dollars savings. He's got a hard contact rate of twenty-nine point nine percent, which is scary, but a hard, I mean, a strikeout rate of twenty-four point one percent. When you look at the Giants, they don't strike out a ton, less than 20% of the time. Uh, But Chassin's ground ball rate of 50.8%. I mentioned the hard contact, the strikeouts. Lots to like with Chassin at 7,600. Next up, Trevor Williams at 63 at the Chicago Cubs. Always contrarian. Everybody always hates him. It's because he's a crapshoot. But he's usually at least a good floor. His recent starts, we had him against the Dodgers. getting that Rich Hill performance, 20.8 points. He had a minus 8.7 against the Cardinals. On the road against Toronto, 15-5. Then at home, 28 versus Detroit, 15-2 against Cincy. Like 10-7, 11-6, 11-6. Then a 3-5 at Chicago. And then a 13-1 against the Giants. For the most part, they're 8 of 10 or like 12 or more. He has struggled a bit against Chicago this year. Chicago's bats are heating up. We know how lefties love to hit Trevor Williams. But they also strike out over 22% of the time. He's got a 48.3% ground ball rate, and he actually does limit the hard contact. Uh, lefty's 334, righty's 317. Extremely risky, but the wind might be blowing in, and chances of rain might help the kid out. So keep an eye on that at 63. Ian Kennedy, $6,000 at home is the Tampa Bay Rays. I hate Ian Kennedy. We know that if you listen to this show. But we have a guy in a good pitcher's ballpark. against a team that strikes out a ton. Kennedy's an all-or-nothing guy. It can be very, very frustrating. The Rays strike out almost 25% of the time. And Ian strikes out almost 21%. Decent uh, ground ball rate. Hard contact's less than ideal. But you have a Rays team that lefties hit 318, righties 320. It's either strikeout or homer. We know this. You're playing that gamble when you play Kennedy, and it's a gamble at 6K that could pay off in diamonds, and it could pay off you know, with an early exit. That's the part of the gamble we have to take. There's a couple other punts you're going to have to get just crazy down here. Like Lucas Sims, big strikeout upside against the Phillies team. That can't hit well. Sims has been beat up. He had a decent start his last time out. But the Ks will be there. It's just a matter of can Sims limit the damage. He was really good in the minors. He was one of their higher end prospects pitching-wise. He just hasn't shown it in the big strikeout-wise. So keep an eye on Sims at 66. And the other guys, you know, you got like Andrew Heaney against an A's team who has a ton of power, but they're very similar to the Rays where it's strikeout or a home run. Heaney has given up in his last two starts nine earned home nine earned runs and seven home runs in those two starts. So that is a, a risky play, but Heaney does have a very good pedigree and very good stuff. So those are other options too, but very, very scary options to me, but so are most of these. Chausin by far and away is my highest one down here. Then I got Ian Kennedy, Trevor Williams, three. But you can look into some others if you want because all these punts are very, very dicey. Recap, Scherzer, one. Kluber, two. Nola, three. Severino, four. In the middle, Samarja, Pomeranz. Down below, Chasin, Kennedy, and Williams. Let's get into the bats for tonight's action. Kick it off at the catcher's position where the Kraken, Gary Sanchez, is $4,600. Still hasn't, he's appealing to suspension for now. But he's in a spot versus Corey Kluber at 4,600. It's a GPP play and nothing else. And it's one of those nights that you're never surprised if Gary Sanchez does anything. But I think I'll take my risks elsewhere. A guy like Alex Avila against Trevor Williams, not bad at all. We mentioned lefties versus Williams, Avila 3,900. Farther down the list, we're going to try to save money at this position like we do most days. But especially on Coors days. Um, you can get a course catcher, though. John Hicks at 3,500, but the Coors catcher I like is a little farther down. But the likes of, say, Mike, or Wellington Castillo, who hits lefties with a ton of powers facing the lefty. Gonzalez from Seattle. Castillo, 3,400. He is definitely worth a look in that matchup. You can slide down to, say, um, where did he go? Where did he go? James McCann, 3,100 in Coors. I know we like him at lefties over righties, but McCann at 3,100 is a very, very good play there. If if uh, Alfaro cracks the lineup for Sims at 3,100, don't mind that uh, either. When you're scrolling down, like some Sanchez versus Samarja at 29 is in play. But it's just tough because with so many good pitchers, you got a lot of tough, tough matchups. And you're going to have to check lineups. There are some cheap cheap options down here. Just mix and match. Like Caleb Joseph first the left, he's good. He's just priced up more than normal at 3500 So, yeah, check lineups. So we can save some cash there. If the lowest one's McCann at 31 I can definitely get behind that. At least it's a Coors option in that one. Going over to first base, you got Anthony Rizzo, 5300 versus Williams. Not bad at all. They've like Reynolds and Coors at 49 versus Zimmerman. This season, the lefties are really, really hitting Zimmerman well. In his career, righties have hit Zimmerman with a ton of thump. So Reynolds at 49 can be very nice. Reese Hoskins continues to crush the baseball. The man crush continues on Reese Hoskins. First base outfield eligible. He's priced up to 4700 now. Another good matchup for Sims. We mentioned has strikeout stuff, but uh, for a power youngster, Hoskins doesn't strike out a lot. It's very impressive. Uh, if you listen to Around the Bases episode 27, which is loading as we speak, I talk very much about Reese at the end, Reese Hoskins at the end. His, his stats have just been nuts this week. Check it out. Five homers in five games. 11 homers in 18 games, fastest to ever do that. His K rate, his walk rate are just really, really good. This kid is very, very talented, and he's finally on the scene. Lefty's 346, righty's 358 off Lucas Sims. So everyone's gonna say Reese Hoskins has cost too much. Now he's with the big boys. I don't care. I don't care. Even if he goes over tonight, this kid can hit. And as long as he's not the top top options and he's in, or a bad matchup, it's fine. He's in a great hitting ballpark against a pitcher that gives up thump. I will take Hoskins. You got the likes of Trey Mancini versus the lefty Gonzalez at forty six. Very good play as well. This is a good night. There are some really good spots with similar pricing. The Coors where you can be contrarian. Justin Smoke, he does hit lefties well. Palmer is pitching really well. He's got the reverse splits. There are a couple Toronto rides that I will look at though, but like Yonder Alonso at 45 versus Chris Tillman. That's a solid play. Uh, we know how bad Tillman can be. If you are fading Nola, you can get Freddie Freeman at 45. It's not the worst play in the world. It's just not one I'm. I don't target Nola. I know he's been hitting his last two times. So if you want to make a contrarian lineup, that's fine. It's just not my cup of tea tonight. Not with the other options out there. Mentioned Alex Avila, at thirty-nine. Lucas Duda, at thirty-eight. Kennedy does give up a lot of fly balls, so if he's not striking guys out, you have to worry about that. You got Miggy Cabrera, who we know is having a very down season as a whole. Only averaging six points his last two games. Bunch of zeros involved, but he is in Coors and he's thirty-eight hundred bucks. So a thirty-eight hundred dollar Miggy Cabrera in Coors, that's that's pretty enticing, very enticing. Sensitella. If you want to look at the Tigers' five eight seven total lefties three nineteen righties three nineteen off Sensatella. Adam Lynn, 3800 bucks versus Urena. Lind has had a really nice few days. I think he's. I want to say he's getting comfortable sitting in that lineup every day. Average seven points his last ten, but eighteen, and then three in the doubleheaders yesterday. Saturday fourteen, Friday seventeen, before a bunch of zeros and eleven, another zero. So over the weekend had a very very good week, and he faces Jose Urena. Who gets hit a lot by left handed pitching? The stat was. Since 2015, only three batters have a 39% hard hit rate with a sub 18% K rate, and one of them is Adam Lind. And he's facing Jose Hirena, who only strikes out 12.3% of the batters he faces. Uh, left, he's hit 336, right, he's 306. So Lind could be a sneaky first base outfield option at 3,800. Carlos Santana as a contrarian play versus Severino at thirty-seven. You got Ryan Healy, who loves his left-handed pitching. He's first base, third base. Elves what thirty-seven hundred? Healy is a very good play. There are nice options in this middle range. Louis Valbuena, first base, third base against Gossett at thirty-six. Gossett has got beat up this year. Angels have a five-one-six total. When was the last time you heard that? That is fifth best on the slate. Lefties three twenty-eight, righties three sixty. So the Angels could be a very sneaky one. There's Amazing options out there tonight. So the Angels, you know, aren't the, the, the prettiest one, but they could be sneaky as heck, even as, you know, combos in some Coors stuff and everything. Because Valbuena at 36, first base, third base. You know, you can play him at first base if you don't want to play Mark Reynolds or Miggy, get a little contrarian that kind of way. Because so you're not going to play him over Arenado or even Castellanos unless you want to get really, really weird with your Coors stack. Lomo at 35, not bad at all, versus Ian Kennedy. If you're fading there, you know, Matt Adams at 35, he's been all or nothing lately. But if you are targeting Nola, lefties 304, righties 292. So you're going to target him with lefties. is just a really, really, really big crapshoot. If you guys like Albert Pools who's heated up of he's 34 versus Gossett, uh, CJ Crom, who's been really, really hot, he's kind of struggled the last few days, but he still averages over six points his last 10, 7 2, 6 3, 7 11 8. Not bad, not great, but 3,200, hitting in the middle of the Angels order, looking to have a big night tonight. Other than that, take a look at your lineups, there's a few other long shots down there if you want to go that route, but probably not. Heading over to second base, DJ LeMayhew. He's $4,800 in Coors, so he's always in play in Coors, but not always the top play like, Kinsler at 47 is not bad. I love me some Robbie Cano tonight at 46. He'll get overlooked because of the Coolers guys. Seattle 538 total is fourth highest on the slate. Lefties 356, Righty's 347 versus Chris Tillman. So, Cano at 46 is outstanding. And in that same matchup, Jonathan Scope, 4,600 bucks versus the lefty Gonzalez. Same place. Baltimore's got the third highest total at 562. Lefties 407, Righty's 440 versus Marco. We mentioned the total in this game is 11. Coors is 12.5. Everyone's going to flock to Coors like a moth to a flame. When you have a phenomenal matchup in Baltimore, you have a really good matchup with a a 10.5 total, uh, or a 10 total in Kansas City, which I still don't like as much, but I see the appeal. That's like the uber-contrarian high total. But you look at a guy like Scope, who we've targeted a ton, and he's been showing just crazy, crazy power. In the past, he struggled versus lefty. He's increased... His his approach, he's just great against him this year. Hard contact rate of almost 40% versus left-handed pitching this year. Um, he's got a fly ball rate of 38.5% versus lefties now. Highest he ever had was 38.1.8. And he's facing the lefty, Marco Gonzalez, who has a 405 Woba versus right-handed pitching. Mar- uh, Jonathan Scope, he might even be a better play than Robbie Cano. I love Cano. We know what he can do. scope Scott. Potentially more upside at the same price tag at 46. I like both of them a lot. When you're sliding down, we're going to save some cash. You can go to Ian Happ at 44. He's streaking right now, so you can enjoy that Way you can. Second base outfield eligible. Um, other than that, you just, you you like Wilmer Defoe, I'm not paying 4K for, not tonight. Other nights I have, not tonight. I'd rather pay 39 for Cesar Hernandez, who we know is leading off for Philly. He's got the potential to do just crazy things against uh against Sims in that ballpark, much better situation. Now if you are fading Samarja, Solarte's 3800 bucks, I have no problem with that at all. I have no problem fading Samarja. I like his upside, but like I said, he's going to give up 3-4 runs most likely. Sometimes he pitches better than that. It's just you're using him on the, as your pitcher for the 8 to 10K or more strikeout potential. That's what you're doing there. So, Samarja or Salarte at 38 or Suyahe at 36, either one. Salarte has the longer track record of power and success, but Azuyahe has been no joke. I guess Haiti's expensive now. That's our little secret is gone. As we slide down some more, we got like Benny Zobrist at 35, Chris Williams, another left handed bat. Maybe if he's sitting towards the top of the order, it increases that value more. It's just going to be weird with the weather there, it's going to be wet. Not the most ideal hitting environment, I don't believe. We'll see, though. Things can change. Same situation. Tommy Lastella's been playing really well. Uh, Second base, third base, is what 3,300. Left-handed bat. They've been hitting him in the middle of the order. He's averaging 9 points his last 10 games. 8, 35, 0, 20. A couple zeros within a 7, a 2, a 17. You know you're not expecting the world from Tommy Lastella, but when he produces, it's great. He's up to 3,300. A little more than you're used to. Still cheap, though, in this situation. When you scroll down farther, you got the likes of... uh, Man, it gets brutal down here. We used to have so many great options. Maybe Andrew Romine, if he cracks the lineup for Detroit. Second-base outfield eligible. He's a lefty-righty bat against Sensatella. $2,800 for a Coors bat is insane. That is a great punt play at second base or the outfield. Preferably second base. So if he cracks the lineup at twenty eight hundred, a Coors punt at that price is nuts. Farther down, you got like Brad Miller at twenty six for some power upside if you want to go that direction. And then like Caleb Cowart two K against Gossett is a really solid play if he cracks the lineup in that matchup for a punt, solid punt play, not a solid overall, solid punt. Third base, Manny Machado versus that lefty we talked about that is bananas. Love it. There's actually worse pitching in Baltimore than there is in Cluers, by the way. So Machado at 54 is just perfect. you got Arenado at 53, which is great as well. Uh, Bryant's not bad. Josh Donaldson at 47. I know the reverse splits are there. I continue to play Josh Donaldson. He's so, so white hot. It's just crazy. He had a cool down weekend. Oh, wait, he got 28 points yesterday. So, everyone, the two, yes, the two on, I mean, 28 on Saturday. So, the two on Sunday and the zero on Friday. I'm sorry. But still swinging it well. you got Freeman. Castellanos is only 45 in Coors. He has to get, you have to scroll down to find him. So, that's nice. Seeger 44. A little more than I'd like to spend there. Like Josh Harrison, who hits lefties extremely well. Second base, third base eligible at 4K against Mike Montgomery. Montgomery's done a great job at limiting hard contact. We got a Pittsburgh team. Um, where lefties hit 260, righties 302 off Montgomery. It's all or nothing, but the long balls can come once in a while, so keep an eye on that. Still not maybe the best environment. Mustakas 39 versus Pruitt, I love. If you want to save some cash, this is, again, a game with a very high total. We know the power that Moose brings to the table. KC has a 5.12 total, lefties 307, righties 405. So it's reverse split, but still... Moustakas can get a good thump on Pruitt. No problem with that. Longo at 39 is not bad. It's not my main target, but it's not horrible. Again, Ryan Healy at 37. First base, third base is very, very nice. you got Rafael Devers, who's been kind of slumping of late. He's still putting up points, but not those big games you were expecting. He's 36 versus Stroman as a contrarian. Again, Louis Valbuena at 36. I love it, that price tag. First base, third base, eligible. You got the likes of Spangenberg at 34 versus Samarja. third base outfield eligible. His left-handed stick. Farther down the list is where it gets real interesting. You got like Mikel Franco versus Lucas Sims at 31 for a punt power option. But the man you're going to punt with if you're punting, I think I don't mind the idea of Sam or of uh, Franco. You got like Sean Rodriguez who loves facing lefties for Pittsburgh. He's third base outfield eligible. He's 26 versus Montgomery. But the guy I'm looking at with just Crazy power! Twenty four more points yesterday, with another home run. Three for four, two for four on Saturday. One for three on Friday. Twenty four, eight five, two eight nine zero two five five nineteen. His last ten. He's twenty seven hundred dollars against a left handed pitcher who I mentioned has given up seven home runs in his last two games. I'm talking Matt Chapman of the Oakland A's. That power upside at twenty seven hundred is very. Very hard to find. So that's the guy I'm looking at if I'm punting at third base to save money elsewhere. Shortstop, Timmy Beckham, 47 versus the lefty, is awesome. He continues to hit the baseball. Great matchup. It's a steep price tag. You're not going to be able to buy everybody unless you just punt the world, which then you can. But it's a very steep price, but he's leading off. I think he went deep again yesterday. Let me double check. It's just one click away. No, not yesterday, but five more points. Averaging 10 points his last 10 games. Crazy tag there. Like Gene Segura at 42 versus Tillman. Pretty solid play. Freddie Galvis, I love Freddie, but up to 4,200. He's averaging 8.5 his last 10. He's playing really, really well. It's just a steep tag when you can pay a few more to go up or you got guys down like, you know, Jose Iglesias and Story. They're still steep, but they're Coors at least, but I'm not sold on them. This is a position to probably save some cash. Like beat Cross 38, that's... Up for him. Gonna be contrarian. Kluber does give up Homer in eight straight games. You got Didi Gregorius at 3,700. That's not horrible. But a guy like Marcus Simeon, another left handed bat versus Heaney. Simeon loves him some lefties. Neat, neat stat here. Our boy Josh Cole from Roto Grinders put out his top 10. Since 2015, only two qualified shortstops have posted a 350 plus Woba and a 200 plus ISO against left handed pitching. Carlos Correa and Marcus Simeon. Simeon loves his lefties. I talk about it all the time when we record on this with the lefties. The A's have a 4 4 total. Lefties, 294. Righties, 470 off Heaney. That's why I have mentioned Healy. That's why I mentioned Chapman. Now Simeon's 36. Um, real solid, sneaky plays to save cash elsewhere, potentially. They do lay the aid. They strike out a lot, but the potential's there. There it is. Pender, outfield shortstop eligible. Chad Pender, 3,500. Swipe right. Dixon Machado, if he's starting in Coors, he's only 35. So there's a savings in Coors. But uh, the farther down you go, it really was bleak when I was doing lineups last night. There wasn't a ton of punting because you're not going to punt at that one. Yeah, we're going to check lineups. There's nothing I really like down below. This is a position you might get like a Pinder or a as your low price guy. Going to the outfield, we will be loaded as always. Trout, yes. Upton is just on fire. He's 5,500 in Coors. That's only 400 more than he was yesterday. I absolutely love that play. Charlie Blackman, 5,500. Here We know he's having a great year. But even this stat made me just go, what in the world? Like, it's that crazy. He's leading off. He's pretty much got the best record or best, um, whatchamacallit, some of the best numbers in all of baseball. Why can't I find it here? Where did you go? Well, I guess I'm not going to read it to you. I can't find it. Oh, here it is. Okay. The Rocky with the highest home ISO this year is Charlie Black with a 414 ISO, which is just insane. Only one other Rocky in history, Larry Walker, with a 418, has got a higher one. And he has a 1.275 OPS this year at home, which is top 25 in MLB history. Not this season, history. He has an 806 slugging percentage, which is at home, which is 11th in MLB history. He's just crushing it at home, and Zimmerman has a 3.65 wOBA and a 41.6% hard contact rate against left-handed bats this year. So if you didn't need any more reason to use Charlie Blackman besides being a Coors and being amazing, there you go. He's 5,500. This solid. Stanton still 5,300. It is Scherzer and all, but that's a very nice contrarian angle that I don't mind in certain lineups. Nelly Cruz at five is not bad. Par at five not bad at all in Coors. Mentioned the upside against Zimmerman. Kevin Kiermaier at 47, Reese Hoskins at 47, Corey Dickerson and Trey Mancini, and Chris Davis with a K at 46. I like all of those. Like a lot of guys people miss in the Tampa Bay lineup is Steven Souza Jr. Swinging it very well of late. It does hit righties better than lefties. I'm not saying attack him at 4,500, but it's, a, it's more contrarian than, you know, your Kiermaier's or your C-Dick's or your Lomo's or your Duda's. When you scroll down more, I mentioned Ian Happ. You can go Ben and at 44. He's been a little quiet of late, but keep him in mind. The Trumbo against Gonzalez for 4,300. He's definitely playing that matchup. Cole Calhoun. Man, that price tag's up. We were playing this thing on the low threes. He's up to 4,200. And it's because he's crushing the baseball. I averaging 10.8 his last 10, three homers in his last 10. Went 0 for yesterday, went on Saturday 28, Friday 9. 24 217 Really swinging a good bat. And, again, he's facing Gossett, who's very bad, very, very bad at baseball. So, Calhoun at 42, always low-owned. Good play there. Schwarber is swinging it very, very well as well. He's 4,100. Saves you some money compared to some other guys in that lineup, batting second in front of Rizzo. Adam Jones, 4,100 is a great price tag for Adam Jones. Hitting in the middle of that order against Gonzalez. Orioles if you haven't figured it out yet I'm kind of infatuated with them at the moment you got the likes of Steve Pierce versus the lefty and Palmerans, but we do know that Pomerantz has those reverse splits so just be careful but he's 4k uh, a Jay Bruce contrarian play at 4k I don't completely hate against Severino it's a good price savings in that matchup it's farther down like Ma- Mikey Matuk in Coors at 39 better versus lefty than righties but still not horrible as you look a little lower, Adam Lind at 38 talked about him. You got uh, Ben Rivera at 37 is not horrible. I'm not running to play that. He had 14 points yesterday. He's averaging about seven his last 10, so he's $3,700. You got like uh, Carlos Gonzalez in Coors. Like we always talk about the only time the target of his in Coors. We just mentioned how lefties have just destroyed Zimmerman this year. He's thirty seven hundred bucks, so don't just completely write him off. You are getting a, a cheaper Coors bat there. Milky uh, Cabrera thirty six for Pruitt. That's a good sneaky play. Uh, Lorenzo Cain. We mentioned the reverse splits versus Pruitt. He's thirty five hundred. He's averaging five point five his last ten. So he's in a bit of a slump. So be careful. There Ben Zobris at thirty five. We do like quite a bit. Joey bats another risky one, but good upside at thirty five. Chad Pinder thirty five hundred. Outfield shortstop, very, very much in play. Uh, Starling Marte at 34 versus Montgomery, I don't mind. He does have really good success period, but especially against lefties, so that can be good. Spangenberg 34, Denard Span 34 is a lefty versus Chassin, but not a ton of power upside doesn't mean he won't hit one. It's not a ton. As you go down, get to the lower part here, where it's almost time to check lines like Nick Williams. This is a extreme, extreme. Extreme savings. Nick Williams, thirty-two hundred at home against Sims. That is a insane value. Nineteen more points yesterday. Averaging eight point six, his last ten. Two homers in his last ten games. He's a very solid play there. Uh, like Jason Hayward at three K. He's not a world beater, but that's a tremendous discount for a left-handed bat versus Williams. Down below ten K. We go fishing. And we continue, like, Boog Powell, you like the kid, but he's a left-handed bat, so you're not really looking to target him versus Heaney at 2,800. But that's a usual punt, so I'll remember him in the future. Sean Rodriguez, 26, versus Montgomery. We're going to have to check lineups for the rest. There will be a few that pop up down here, but nothing that just screams play me right now. So, recapping your pitching. Scherzer up top, Kluber, 2, Nola, 3, Severino, 4. In the middle, Samarza, 1, Pomerantz, 2. Down below, Chasin. Kennedy and Williams. Let's look at your BVP on tonight's slate. You got Gary Sanchez is two for six with a double and a homer. Not clue. We're a small sample, but he's done that. Other than that, nothing too crazy. No one above three hundred. Outside of that, nothing too crazy with the Indians. You know, uh, Lindor three for eight with a homer. That's about really it. Tim Beckham, all small samples versus Gonzales. Tim Beckham, two for three with a homer. Gene Segura, two for three with a double and a homer versus Tillman. But then you got Cruz, five for 16, two doubles, two homers. This is why I love Cano. Cano, 15 for 36, a double and two home runs. Even Valencia, six for 17 with a double and a homer. But Cano is just in a great, great situation. Farther down you go, if you do want to fade Max Scherzer or have some one-offs, well, at first base, and I believe he's outfield also, it might be first base only, you got Tomas Telles, a left-handed switch-hitting bat, 2-for-6, a double and a homer lifetime, Christian Yellick, 8-for-23, with double, triple, and two homers, Miguel Rojas is even taking him deep, but Stanton, 4-for-15, two homers, Dietrich, 5-for-20, twenty, two doubles and a homer, Ozuna, 5-for-25, two doubles and two homers, mentioned most of those are below 300 averages, but they've shown extra base power upside. Freddie Freeman, 6-for-13, two doubles and a homer, off of of Nola Marquez Mar- 4 for 14 with 2 homers uh, s- 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 Bogarts 2 for 23 2 doubles and a homer versus Marcus Stroman Betts 7 for 23 with a double both over 300 a lot of these are small samples I'm just passing through Lomo 6 for 16 2, two triples 2 home runs versus Ian Kennedy this is a small sample but 3 for 5 for Brad Miller 2 doubles and a homer not horrible. Mark Reynolds, 5 for 11, with a double and two homers off Zimmerman. Arenado, 6 for 12, three doubles and a homer. LeMahieu, 6 for 15, with a triple. Lucroy and Cargo have both taken him deep as well. Spangenberg, 5 for 7, with a double, triple, and a homer off Samarja. Hector Sanchez, 6 for 12, with a double and three homers. Salarte, 4 for 11. All left handed bats. Sandoval, 9 for 30 with two doubles, a triple, and three homers versus Chessing. I always forget Sandoval. Then I'll look at him. He's cheap. He's actually hitting well with the Giants. So if you want to get really, really weird, he's there. But try to find someone else if you can. But he's there. Span, 7 for 18 with three doubles. Posey, 10 for 31 with a double and a homer. Crawford, 9 for 33, four doubles and a triple. There's your BVP. There's your MLB. DFS Quick, it's Monday, August 28th edition. Check us out, thesportsdGens.com at thesportsdjens. You'll have Around the Bases episode 27 dropping today, coming out a little early as we had some other things come up, so we recorded it last night. You'll have always pressing recording tonight, and then I'll be recording Bench with Bubba episode 52 with a couple special guests recapping Game of Thrones season 7. The finale last night was something else. So we'll talk about that. You got a bunch of Bench with Bubba. Fancy football episodes. 51 with Bob Long was great. Strategy talk. You had episode 50 with Bucks, DFS, and season-long strategy. 49 with Matt Wooler of uh, 4 for 4 talking IDP. Then 48 with Matt Modica. Tons of great stuff there. What else do we we have? Jesse's article coming out tomorrow. Doc's going to get you ready with the first full week of college football coming up this weekend, locked and loaded. He'll be with the Saturday Edge talking basically what plays to make. He's going to get you guys set up and good to go. There's so much more coming up. We'll get to it later. But more importantly, get it in on this 10-game main slate on a Monday, August 28th. Good luck, all. This was MLB DFS Quick Kits, August 28th. I'll catch you guys later.